In early March, the South African choral group Ladysmith Black Mombazo was en route to the U.S. for their tour. The tour had already been rescheduled after their founder, Joseph Shabalala, died. The group got to the U.S. only to have one show after another canceled because of COVID-19. But one gig did not get canceled. Good evening, everyone, in this extraordinary circumstance. Thank you for being here, practicing your social distance. Christy Edmonds is executive and artistic director of UCLA's Center for the Art of Performance. On March 16th at Royce Hall, she introduced the band. Many would not know that in the context of all of the cataclysms that are going on in the performing arts right now, we made the decision, along with Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, to proceed with their project here in front of a very thin uh, camera audience, um, meaning a handful of crew and people and a couple of staff, which was really about trying to say, how do we offer some kind of continuity in a time that is totally, utterly uncontinuity-oriented? Concert venues and performance spaces were shutting their doors. Local and state government had not yet issued the Safer at Home order. CAP UCLA decided the show must go on. So please welcome to the stage with a roaring uh, gift of love, Ladysmith Black Mombazo. There were just a few of us seated far apart in a hall meant to seat 1,800 people. Royce Hall, UCLA's historic and most iconic venue, empty, and the campus around it empty as well. Outside, it was raining. On stage, nine men joined their voices. They wore brightly colored shirts with Zulu patterns on them. They sang and moved in sync, sometimes swaying in place, sometimes stomping across the stage with jumps and acrobatic high kicks. A global health crisis was unfolding. But inside the hall, Ladysmith Black Mombazo sang their hearts out for an hour and a half. No instruments, just their voices. This is Works in Progress, a podcast from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. I'm Avishai Artsy. On this episode, we'll learn more about this incredible band, and we'll hear more from Christy Edmonds about the role CAP UCLA and other arts organizations should play in the coming weeks and months. Ladysmith Black Mombazo formed in 1960. Their style of music is called Isikatamia. The a cappella style combines Zulu traditional music with minstrel and ragtime, which American vaudeville acts brought to South Africa in the mid-1800s. The singing style became popular with young men who left rural areas to work in the mines. Zulu choirs often formed in the various dormitories where the miners, the gold miners, the coal miners, lived, and sometimes there were contests. Tom Schnabel hosts KCRW's Rhythm Planet. He was the station's first music director, and he hosted an African music show in the early 80s. In a remarkable BBC film, underground film, called Rhythm of Resistance, you see a Zulu choir competing, and you know they have white gloves, they have white shoes, they're dressed to the tees, and a man who's just been a white man, just let out of prison, is going to be the judge 
of the singing contest. And, of course, there were many, many men working in the cities, sometimes as gardeners, sometimes as, as miners, during apartheid in the 1980s. Amid the many choral groups in competition, Ladysmith Black Mombazo stood out. There were religious songs, but also ones that took on racism and injustice. They had a very unique sound. It was, uh, you know, a sacred sound. They had a lot of sort of gospel-type things with, with messages for people. Joseph Shabalala was a pastor as well. And the black community in South Africa was, was very, very religious. I mean, Desmond Tutu was sort of like Martin Luther King. I mean, the, the church was the place where black people in South Africa under apartheid had, uh, had freedom. They could express themselves in church. Also, like gospel music here, singing in church, South Africa always produced great, great singers. Albert Mazibuko was a mechanic and a construction worker when his cousin, Joseph Shabalala, invited him to join the band in 1969. He was 21 years old then, and he's 72 now. He's been on countless tours with the band. We spoke just before the concert at Roy's Hall, and he said that the current rules around social distancing remind him of one of the band's South African tours during the apartheid era. I remember something similar as this, when was the violence in South Africa? I remember we had a, a big tour us around South Africa. I think that was 1979, maybe there. And then so all the promoters, they were calling us everywhere. They said, no, we cannot be able to put people together because this was a state of emergency. They said that people are not be, uh, more than f or 20 in the, in the same place. So it was dissimilar like this. And then it was so devastating because we were relying on that uh, tour that we will make a... Uh, money to support our families so it's it could be it's it seems as but this one is maybe it affects us big time you've won five grammy awards um, and one of them you dedicated to nelson mandela can you tell me what nelson mandela meant to you as a south african nelson mandela meant so much to us we were so surprised when we first met him in 1990 after he was released and uh, when we went to his birthday party, so we didn't know that we'll meet him, but when we get there, so he came to stage, he danced with us, and then after that, he stood in front of us, he shook hands with us, and then he said, your music has been a great inspiration for me when I was in jail. We were so surprised that, he, you know, if you are thinking uh, 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 about a person like Mandela, so you, you don't even think that he even listened to the music. And then so we said, wow. And then after that, he said, I'm going to ask you to come with me everywhere where I go. And then so we tried to do that, although our schedule was so busy. But we said we cannot disappoint this guy because he has done so much for our country. And then after that, he, he named us as a South African cultural ambassador. So even now, wherever we go, so we make sure that we want to represent uh, him. And as he trusted us, that we can carry that title. So we have to present it in a good way. 
Wow, that must have been so thrilling to know that one of your heroes listened to your music while he was in jail because of his fight to end apartheid. Did you and Nelson Mandela ever have a conversation? Did you get a chance to know him at all? What was he like personally? You know, after we met him, we had a great time with him. You know, Mandela didn't need a lot of time to connect with you. He makes you feel like you, you have known him <laughs> the whole your life. In Los Angeles in the early 80s, Tom Schnabel was collecting South African records along with Roger Steffens, the longtime host of KCRW's Reggae Beat. Steffens was also a publicist for Warner Brothers and knew Paul Simon. Steffens sent the singer some tapes. Simon went to South Africa in defiance of the cultural boycott of the apartheid state and recorded his landmark album Graceland with Ladysmith Black Mombazo. Paul Simon, when he came to Los Angeles in 1986, on a press tour for Graceland, he only did one interview, and that was with me on Morning Becomes Eclectic. He didn't do anything with the, with the print media. He didn't do anything with any other station, and that was because of the connection that we had made with him. But to give you an idea I mean, of how strange it was, when Paul Simon brought the group to New York, they had never been on a plane before. So they were terrified uh, getting on a plane and flying all the way across the ocean. It's a long trip to New York. And they got to New York. The first thing they asked Paul Simon is, when do we have to register with the police? And Paul Simon, well, you don't have to. And they were astonished. They didn't have to register with the police. And this is, in, remember, in 1986. And then they go to be picked up at the airport, and here comes a limo with a white driver. Pretty, pretty cool. Graceland catapulted not just the band and not just South African music, but world music into the spotlight. The band sang this track from the album, Homeless, at Roy's Hall. Homeless, we homeless, we moonlight sleeping on a midnight lake. Somebody sing, somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Back to Albert Mazibuko, who performed on that album. You know, I always look back fondly uh, to that because it's uh, there was a time that uh, we were able to be on world stage and be able to share our music with the world. You know, that was the biggest thing ever happened to us. When I'm thinking about the highlights of Ladies Mepek Mambazo, there's no other than that because that was the way that uh, Ladies Mepek Mambazo was, you know, right up there. Today we are counting uh, some Grammy Awards that we won is because of the introduction that we were able to have through uh, collaborating with Paul Simon in Christian album. You're heading soon back to South Africa. You'll be reunited with your families, which is very exciting. One thing you won't be doing, at least in the near future, will be going on tour. And I understand your band spends up to six months a year on tour. What do you think you'll be doing instead? Will you be recording an album, working on other projects? 
So far, there's nothing that we have planned, but I know that it will be opportunity for do some other things that we were not be able to do because we didn't have time. Like you just mentioned, uh, making a video. Which we had we had an album album that we recorded last year. It's finished, but it hasn't been uh, released yet. And uh, also, our manager here in the state, so he was talking about uh, recording the children album. And other children album said, "Wow!" And then so this is our time, so we will use that time for that. I think it will give us a good time, you know, to accomplish all those works. Yeah, I think a lot of people are now picking up those projects that they've put off for months or years, and now finally they have the time to do. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, sometimes when some some disaster happens, but it gives you another opportunity to do some other things. Now you're about to perform at Royce Hall to an audience of a very few people, certainly very different from what your concerts are usually like, which is thousands of people. What is that going to be like for you as a musician? Are you usually feeding off the energy of the audience? And is that going to be much different for you to not have that? You know, even the one or two people that were in front of us, the energy that you let that persons have. So we will use that kind of <laughs> and then also we will we know that because it will be filmed. So the audiences that will see us on film. So we we are imagining them. We are with them in our spirit right now. It's not that you are not there and they are not there in front of us, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit, we are with them. So you're going to give this concert just as much energy and enthusiasm that you would give any other concert? Absolutely, even more than that, maybe. <laughs> That's Albert Mazibuko. He's been a member of Ladysmith Black Mambazo for 51 years. After the performance, I sat down with CAP UCLA's Christy Edmonds to talk about this moment in time as the head of a major performing arts organization. Note that this was recorded on March 16th, and things have changed quickly in a short amount of time. It's surreal for all of us, and it has been, and it becomes, you know, more and more surreal with each passing day. But as does the kind of settling into artistic creativity, wanting to proceed and try and find outlet for that as a way of offering succor and duty of care to fans and a public. Um, yeah, so it's been quite a week. How are you handling the changing situation? Can you even know what to do a few weeks, a few days from now? Well, I think all of us would know that the thing to do is make sure we're looking after one another in the ways that we have means to do so. That's like the first order of priority. Um, we've been on this track for a while. Many of my colleagues, artists, fieldwide, internationally, nationally, throughout California, throughout LA, we've been in close conversation. So I've been kind of on the front end of, you know, who's where, what's the sequence, how long, how do you get ready? But as tours were canceling and canceling, we knew that like with Ladysmith, they would land here and we would proceed and brought in a very tiny film crew to film it so that we could all give that work and the recorded once edited as a gift to the audiences. So we will do that. But we've had other artists as well who literally, like the Canadian Theater Company, they were notified a few days ago, they were in the U.S., that upon return to Quebec, they would go into um, some form of either self-isolation or quarantine. 
So we've been coordinating with that. What do they need beforehand? There's been other artists whose visas have been like uh, chaotically in question, so we've connected them to pro bono immigration lawyers in case there's paperwork that they don't understand as different countries around um, the world uh, close down their borders so that people aren't lost in a system that is highly bureaucratic and very stringent anyway. So we've been doing a lot of that. There's also my staff who've moved to remote working. There's the massive amounts of hemorrhaging financially, cash flow for artists who many people wouldn't understand, but they they tend to be paid after they perform. So if they're not performing, they're out of pocket for now an uncertain period of time. So we're all looking at figuring out ways we can create emergency relief for a temporary cash flow crisis, to use an uncreative word. Um, we've also been looking at the, the things that we can do as institutions to ease that confusion so that we're not adding greater degrees of stress across an artistic population. Our own staffs, our own audiences, our own patrons and you know support mechanisms, those are all very uh, <laughs> challenged at the moment. Are there other artists that you're planning on doing this with, continuing the concert but just filming it with an empty audience? Not at this moment. At this moment, our goal is making sure that artists and the creative community also, you know, stay in place, look after their homes, get their, you know, everything that they're needing to do. So, and nor would we say, hey, come anyway and we will film you because that's just not, you know, we're getting in smaller and smaller issues and you don't want to put more stress on airports and more stress on any transit system. So, no, all of the remainder of the season right now we'll move into rescheduling towards next fall so we can be clear and work on the continuity into the future. But we do have, you know, archives and various other things of our performances. And as artists send me word on where they are and how they're doing and things like that, we will push some of that out when it's, you know, optimistic and, and exciting. And artists are starting to figure out some pretty creative ways, even from their apartments, to continue making their music and doing their plays and making their dances, and we'll send that to people. It's probably too soon to say, but do you have any sense that this might have a lasting impact on the way people make art? If we're not allowed to come together as a group, is there going to be more of this kind of remote enjoying of um, events, of performances? Are people going to be creating art in a different way, do you think? I think we're all going to be doing things differently, but there is an essentialness of finding the continuity of how communities come together for live performance. There is something quite extraordinary about what that is, and I think people will continue making for the live audience, and it's important. That's part of our the power of our form. Right now, we will shift into different gears that will become high-level scrappy innovations or it will be things that major opera companies or major performing arts institutions can stream and do various things like that. There's no doubt in my mind that you know artists always find other avenues through which to do their work and there will be tons of innovation. I don't think it's going to create a seismic shift that we're all going to move into online platforms because the the love and care and value as you just saw by sitting in the wings of this situation with Lady Smith Black Mombazo is that the live encounter is one we value. And we'll get back to those values. 
2020 was already quite a stressful year, even before this global health crisis, um, with the election, with debates over climate change and health care access. Now you have people really fearing for their lives. What can art do and what can performance do to bring people together? Is there anything that we can hope that the arts can do to sort of help people get through this time? The arts, by and large, in one way or another, are always there in some way expressing, you know, the, the ethos and the pathos and the resilience of the moment that it's in. They make the work before we need it. The work that's been made is there for us. Accessing it, taking its wisdom as our lens on life shifts is the essential gift of what has been put in motion. Those gifts by artists and creative people will continue to flow. Right now, though, it's not about us joining together in physical space. It's joining together in the emotional space. The theater that we've loved is still in our mind, is in our memory. It has wisdom for us. Reflect on it. That's the way you complete the work now. The same with songs, the same with dance, the same with paintings and everything else. That work is there for us. Access it as we need. Utilize its wisdom and know that it's being made for this next narrative. That was Christy Edmonds, head of CAP UCLA. I'm Avishai Artsy, and this is Works in Progress, production of the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UCLA Arts. Email us at worksinprogress at arts.ucla.edu or send us a voice memo with your thoughts or recommendations for things to do or check out while at home. We'd love to feature you on an upcoming episode. Thank you very much. We thank you all for being with us today. Stay in peace, love, and harmony. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Stay safe. We love you. Thank you very much. <laughs>